Sally, it's great to uh, to meet with you and connect, and I can't wait to hear a little bit about your perspective on virtual reality and education. Um, can we start out with you sharing a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure, uh, pleasure to be here, Cora. I've been looking forward to, to speaking to you. So my background is very technology-based, as, as you know from our previous discussions. Mm -hmm. Really interested in VR, AR, basically blended emergent technology, mm -hmm. um, and also do some work around AI and blockchain underpinning that I've got a passion for education so I've qualified I've been teaching in higher education on a sort of intermittent basis on, on bespoke projects that are, that are very close to my heart mm. and I've got a really interesting community education um, and how you can use technology to drive change in local communities so for example I do things like hack kids sessions on a Sunday um, and do a lot of mentoring work around that which is something that's been a real joy and I'm really keen to share the experiences around that as well. Hmm. Well, and with your experience with AR and VR, how do you see that shaping the landscape of education in the future? Yeah, I think probably the first thing that we'll see is actually more on the AR side, um, because it can really give that 360 view on learning, hmm. and it's really suitable for a blended approach. Um, and combine, I think, maybe on the VR side, more as a complementary tool. So that's the way I'm seeing it over the next, next couple of years. Perfect for remote learning, I think, is absolutely amazing for that. Hmm. And then, bearing in mind the cost, um, cost restrictions that are coming down, looking at smartphone technology and the headsets, etc., over the next few years, obviously becoming mainstream at scale in the classroom itself, hmm. we can see the trajectory that's coming through. Hmm. Yeah, and how have you seen, yeah, with the devices, the difference in either a handheld device like a, you know, a mobile device or a, you know, because some uh, access you can do through maybe like a Chromebook or a simple laptop computer. Um, how have you seen the cost benefits uh, between the two? Um, I'm seeing a preference more for the smartphone um, technology, to be honest with you. Um, the users I'm working with, it's, it's just it's just easier. It gives more flexibility to do it from you know everyday learning basically. Mm -hmm. So so a the cost perspective, but more the agility perspective. Um, so that's where I'm seeing the biggest benefits at the moment. Um, the other thing that I'm really fascinated with is different learning styles, and so the ability for these technologies to um, give a you know synthetic learning experience, that movement that, that I'm seeing, I'm seeing real joy in that, and it's giving kind of opening up access to opportunity for, for everyone. Hmm. So, so yeah, that, that's what really excites me. Hmm. That's exciting. Now, I've noticed that some of the new uh, headset devices for uh, phones, uh, many of them are coming out with, uh, it's not just a, a piece of plastic in front of the phone. You're, you're actually open on one side so your camera can see out. Um, how do you see that in the future? Do you think that that's a direction to go for educators who are thinking about purchasing, you know, a class set of devices to make sure that they do have uh, have that camera access for augmented reality? Or do you think that um, that it should be, you know, it, that that's not going to make a big difference in the future? No, my preference would be to go for that option. I think the AR option is stronger. Um, and I'm all about looking ahead. And so from a foresight point of view, I think investment in that now will pay off for the dividends. So yeah, I do. I think you've got the additional benefits from that. So, so my steer would be towards that direction. That's why I've been kind of advising a couple of universities on at the moment, actually. Hmm. Um, there's a particular project around using these technologies with empathy. 
um, mm. how you can immerse in, in, in those experiences. So as well as the actual curriculum benefits in particular subjects like history or science or geography, some of the softer skills and, and how students can um, look at difficult situations that might be challenging and deal with them in a different way over time. So that, again, a really fascinating area. So yeah, I would definitely go for, for the latter option. Oh, exciting. Well, can you tell us some of the applications that you've seen used in the classroom to enhance education, whether it's with a mobile device or on uh, kind of a computing platform? Uh, one I've been looking at recently is very city-based, which, which is brilliant. And it, it's helping, it's kind of the theme of global citizenship. So helping students to kind of go back in the past and looking at their city, you know, from a completely different perspective, putting themselves in those shoes, but equally helping them to kind of be empowered to go forward, looking at the trajectory over time and having to make, make decisions of how they want to own and change their city. So it's been a real journey and kind of bringing all the different subjects together. And I, and I love that. I think it gives a real kind of holistic, um, blended learning approach. And students are really responding to that. We're actually doing some research going forward tracking people's views on this so that we can build like a cohort of, of knowledge really to see how engagement changes using these different technologies so i think that would be great to provide extra use cases and, and share this best practice over over time but certainly the initial results whether i've been working with students um, in community education or universities or from some business stuff that i do um really encouraging around engagement levels oh exciting now tell me one more time what, what was the name of that application um, that one was um, live HQ, but it's, it's it's not something that's publicly available. So okay. I can send you a yeah, I can send you something separately around that one because it's something that's been developed in house. Uh, to me. Yeah. But what I can do as well is in the links that you provide around around the interview, okay. I've got some interesting projects that can be widely shared. So I'll put I'll pass all those on to you, okay. and they can give a nice kind of cross sector of different types of benefits, whether that's for curriculum. Type, type work hmm. or, and even how you can develop your own um, programs. Mm -hmm. There's a course that I'm aware of in March, for example, hmm. completely free to access and it can help people kind of develop lesson plans and things, which I think would be useful for, for the audience to, to have a look at. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Um, now, uh, can you give maybe like two or three that are available to teach educators right now um, that you've seen used in the classroom or in education that you could see that would be a benefit? Now, with you working so much with, uh, with educators and people bringing this new technology in, you've probably come across many different scenarios where people have found funding for uh, their devices and getting technology. Um, how have you seen people obtain that? Um, has it been through grants? Has it been through um, you know, online Kickstarter campaigns? What, uh, what have been kind of the avenues that, uh, that educators looking to do something like this, um, how can they um, find that funding? Because I, I know that that's a big question right now. With any new technology, big costs, how do we find Absolutely. that? Absolutely. I mean, what I've done myself, I mean, as an example, I've got something coming out myself, which is around mental health, um, using this approach. And the approach I took was a very, I've got kind of a pool of funding 
be honest. So I partnered up with the university and drew upon some funding there. So there's like shared benefits from their research point of view and what I was trying to achieve. But I've also funded um, from like a local council, um, a charity because it related to the work that they were really passionate about. Um, so yeah, really cross-sectional. And that, I, I would certainly advise doing that. I do a lot of stuff. I actually advise some people about crowdsourcing. So it is a strong option. But to do that really well, make sure you've got a great community um, around you before you go there. Because mm. um, what I would say is that the algorithms around that, how that works, and how visible your campaign is, if you're not funded kind of within the, if you're up to 30%, I think it is, within about 24 hours, you're going to not really go forward. There's a, so you need to have a lot of community that knows this is coming, that's going to back you and support you quite early on to really carry that forward and, and do well out of that. So it's a strong option. But I would advise some of these other things to be in place first. And what you're doing with your forum, they're having a great um, group around you, whether that's actually face-to-face in certain settings mm-hmm. or via social media or whatever. I think that's really, really important before you go down that route. Otherwise, you'll miss the opportunity. Huh. Oh, good. Yeah, that's good to know. So kind of build up that crowd base before yes, you definitely. start your campaign. Um, you kind of got your own there before you start, and then that helps literally kickstart kick the next level. Yeah, so, yeah. Yes. yeah very <laughs> cool. Um, okay, and then uh, another question. Um, with I've I've talked with a few educators who have approached you know a committee or a board, and and because AR and VR is still such a a, a new implemented technology, um, there are committees of people who just don't see the value. And um, if you were sharing with a new group trying to say, hey, there is so much educational value in allowing students to immerse themselves in an environment, um, how would you say would be the best way to, um, to share that, to, um, to pitch, I would say, uh, the, the value of uh, virtual reality or augmented reality in the classroom? Narrative is, is is imperative for something like that. So I've always been quite creative. So in pictures, I bring in like, student stories. So if you can't do that in person, part of the picture, I'll draw in their voices and I'll, I'll get people to explain how you know how they've used it, how it's made them feel. It's all about the emotional connection. I think at the end of the day, that's what these technologies really allow you to do. You can immerse, you can be introduced to new concepts and understand them much more quickly, but it's that personal emotive experience that you get through them. I think if you can try and convey some of those stories as part of your pitch, people understand that and they feel that and they want to be part of it. And I would say, as well as the functional things and you know the facts and figures and all the rest of it, it's really telling that story and getting that across and conveying it. That, that's my strongest advice about that. Hmm. Good point. Yeah, it seems powerful. Uh, absolutely. I mean, we, we do, we've communicated through stories for three years. And I know that that's what strikes my heart. So, uh, good deal. Now, before we uh, sign off here, Sally, do you have any final thoughts uh, for the teaching community about um, technology and uh, VR, AR in the classroom? Well, for, for me, I, I'm a real advocate of, of, of technology for good, basically. That I'm really, so rather than, sometimes there can be a resistance to change, whichever sector we're in, wherever we're working in. But I'm really passionate about sharing the real good, no good aspects that, that can come from this. Building community, sharing best practice, helping everybody out. That is the way. That is the way to go. So I'm really keen to get people involved. 
possibly be sharing a word, word about what you're doing. And yeah, it's all it's about sharing community building and to get that support and in terms of funding and things, the more we do that, the more we shout out about what could be done, the more that's going to come more naturally anyway over time. So yeah, absolutely, work together and, and collaborate is the key, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sally, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate you, you meeting with me and your busy schedule. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your afternoon. Pleasure. Really good to talk to you. See you soon. Cheers. Thanks, Sally.